Five reasons tonight as to whether or not we should have an interest rate increase. And I'm not wild about this subject, really not, because five reasons why the Reserve Bank should, yes, should raise interest rates tomorrow. The economist Chris Hart from Investment Solutions joins us on the line from Johannesburg. Why are you being the Grinch who stole Christmas nine months early, Chris Hart, that you want to see interest rates going up? From a personal point of view, I'm going to hate it because I do have a bond and so a vested interest not to have it. But if one's doing an analysis properly, we need to say, what's next year's inflation going to be like? If next year's inflation is on the high side, they have to raise rates now. They can't do anything about this year's inflation. It'll be above the target for probably most of the year. But if you don't act decisively now, you end up with inflation above the target for next year as well. So... Basically, the inflation risk in the medium to longer term is still too high, and that's one of the reasons they need to to, to, to uh, hike. But a, a, a more important problem is, is that the saver is, in fact, prejudiced against the borrower. In other words, policy favors the borrower over the saver, and it's probably far too aggressive because you're not even getting the inflation rate uh, for your interest rates. If, you are a, if you're a saver, you're actually losing ground if you save, because your your real rates are negative. But that's been uh, like that for the last five years, Chris Hart. No, and not, say, and no say, not negative. You haven't had deposit rates that have negative for the last okay. five years, but certainly the last three years. Okay. And we can see without saving, you don't get growth, okay, because you need the savings or capital formation, uh, which is critical to fund the growth that you're after. So sometimes low interest rates can actually be part of your low growth problem. And I think that's basically where we, have, where we are here. Um, and because our interest rates have been too low, we end up with a triple deficit. We've got a deficit, and this is why we're part of the Fragile Five, uh-huh. is that we've got a de- deficit with the rest of the world. We've got a deficit, the government's got a deficit with the rest of the country, and households have got a deficit because we're ending you know, on a consumption binge, you know, funded by credit, rather than on an investment uh, drive funded through saving. But That's, is it the Reserve Bank's problem that we've been on this consumption binge? Because that, well, it is, because uh, interest rates are too low. But, but well, we've got, we've, you talk about a consumption binge, but we look at uh, the, the, the growth levels in terms of, uh, of our borrowing. We, it doesn't feel like we're borrowing vast amounts of money, Chris. No, but it's already at a very high level. Okay. So you're looking at it at a margin. Is that we Remember, the, the, the credit binge is already occurred from about 2005 onwards, um, and and it really just extended from that. And basically, we're not getting the growth through that particular model. So we need to shift. shift. And it's, it's like if the patient is sick, the medicine needs to be taken, not very comfortable, but we need to reset at a, at a very high thing. So that's why the growth models need to, to, to actually shift to, to investment, not Explain this one to me, please, because if interest rates are low, it encourages me to borrow, it encourages me to use those borrowings to consume things, whether it be a leather sofa or a nice pair of smart Italian shoes. When interest rates go up, I might uh, go opt out of the shoes and actually put this uh, money into some kind of savings product. How does, how does, that, how does that savings product help the broader economy? Well, the point is that you've now, instead of consumed that, that money, you've now actually put it aside. And that's, that money is available. We've got very good, efficient capital markets that, that, you know, that can transfer that, in a sense, for, for investment within the economy. Our big problem, we've got this enormous 
macroeconomic mismatch where we're trying to invest at a rate of 19%, which will only generate a 2 to 3% growth anyway. And we've got a savings rate of about 14 15%. So that macroeconomic mismatch is one of the reasons why we land up in the fragile five. So um, we've got to get the, the investment rate up to about 30% to sustain a growth rate of 6% or more. And, and for that, you need a savings rate that's virtually double what it is. And then, more importantly, the fifth reason that we're talking about is that we've got tapering in the U.S., and that tapering hasn't really bitten yet, but we've seen the effect of taper one and taper two. This is the third attempt at it. They're trying to do it by, you know, drip irrigation, as it were. And when that taper bites, right, we're going to have to counter the effects of that. And that means that we could see a much weaker end when it actually does bite. Um and, and for that, we, we do need to actually have some resilience. And, and we've already seen the interest rate hike previously has helped to stabilize the range somewhat. Um, we will probably need a bit more. Uh, and, and that's, I mean, it's interesting. We then go to, today, uh, to tomorrow's Monetary Policy Committee meeting. Two months ago at the last MPC meeting, there was a sense of global panic, the calamity that was coming. The Turks doubled the cost of borrowing money overnight. Other emerging markets had raised uh, interest rates too. Things seem to be calmer now, almost yes. as if uh, the Reserve Bank has got an excuse if it wishes to use that excuse to not raise interest rates tomorrow. No, exactly. So yeah. I, I think it's still very much in the balance, but we still need to appreciate that uh, there's a short-term growth consideration, but there's, they've got to worry about inflation as well. And that next year's inflation uh, forecast of their, their, their own forecast you know, says that they should be hiking. And they, you know, the, the first hike helped to stabilize confidence and, and, and um, credibility of the central bank. They'll need to follow up to just cement their, their credibility and, and confidence. And that, to a large extent, is a, a huge important um, thing in the market. If the, the Reserve Bank loses the confidence of the market as an independent institution prepared to actually take the difficult decisions, they'll find it very difficult in future years to regain that. When we look at the currency relative strength today, it's stronger than 1070 to the dollar, 1475 to the euro and 1765 to the pound. The currency market seems to think that we're going to have an increase tomorrow. Yeah, I think it's not totally clear to me because the the currency sometimes behaves, you know, with rate hikes, it it, it actually weakens. But uh, that was the pattern that we saw from roughly about 1999 to about 2010 or so. But we might be seeing a shift in that, that pattern. So if, 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 if that is the case, we uh, another rate hike will help some strength. I think the external conditions of zero rates is busy shifting. Um, you know, the search for yield is something that's, that's uh, very powerful in the, in the global economy at the moment. Chris Hart, thank you for your thoughts. The Chief Strategist at Investment Solutions. If